Hello, uh, it's Dave um, from the SCP show that we do um, on the interwebs. Uh, it's just me today. Um, Soren is busy with schoolwork and technological issues that he's currently tr attempting to fix. Uh, so it's just me. Um, I wasn't really sure what to do for today's episode. So I kind of just, I, I looked on the, the, the homepage of the site. I can't remember if we said if we were going to do something specific Last, at the end of the last episode, um, I don't remember at all. Uh, these things are kind of just a blur to me. So, um, we're here, we're now, we're, we're, we're looking at stuff. Uh, originally, um, I had just logged on to, um, I, I, I just went to the homepage. There was one, uh, called the, the, the feature tale on the homepage was called The Significant Others Part A, which I was like, I can read this, and then I, I realized that it was, like, really, really, really long. So, I'm not trying to go for two hours for this. Uh, so then I went to Series 6, since it's a little bit more recent. I was gonna do, uh, number 4, or, or, or 5004, um, because it's called Megalomania, and I was like, hmm, okay. Uh, but I didn't, because that's also disgustingly long. So maybe we'll do that some other time. Uh, I scrolled down a little bit further, and I, I found one called, um, The Wandering Library, which is, uh, 5024. That's the one that I'm going to be reading today. Um, hopefully, it, it should be enough to last for the episode. If not, um, I might find some other quick thing. But this is going to be the main main focus of this episode. So, once again, it's in Series 6. It's called The Wandering Library. It's SCP-5024. Uh, I also realized that me doing this by myself is probably going to sound a lot more boring Um <laughs> And the usual banter that goes on with Soren. So I'll attempt to make it a little bit more um, entertaining, add some sort of value to it. Um, it's just kind of awkward of me sitting here in my room doing this. I'm also going to have to take a sip every so often so you'll just, you know, hear this. Because talking make, makes my throat go bleh. Um, so once again, uh, I'll... I'll stop with the, the, I don't know what the word is, the fancies, the, 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 the things, you know what I mean, um, I can't remember what it's called, and that bothers me, but I'm gonna stop with whatever it was that I was thinking of and just start, so once again, the Wandering Library, SCP-5024, item number, 5024, object class, crossed out Keter, uh, is now known as Neutralized, um, off to the right, there's a picture of a, uh, sort of, uh, dilapidated staircase. It says the interior of 5024, the uh, photograph taken by a now nameless agent during exploration. Um, it looks like it could be in some sort of castle or uh, primarily brick building. Um, pretty pretty spooky, but still pretty cool. Uh, so the special containment procedures, uh, due to the extra-dimensional location of SCP-5024 and the temporary nature of its access points, I do want to add real quick, I don't know anything about this, so I'm going in brand new as usual. Once again, uh, special containment procedures due to the extra-dimensional location of SCP-5024 and the temporary nature of its access points, physical containment is not possible. All efforts are to instead be focused on discovering a consistent method of entering 5024, as well as preventing potential victims from accessing one of its temporary entrances. As part of this, as part of these preliminary containment procedures, Mobile Task Force Sampai uh, Six. 
um, known as imaginary numbers, are authorized to work alongside pre-approved members of Goal A019, the Serpent's Hand. Oh, GOI. I said Goal. Okay, I meant GOI. Um, I don't know what I said, but I meant it. Uh, so they're authorized to work alongside pre-approved members of the Serpent's Hand. Uh, these procedures are awaiting update following neutralization. So the description, uh, 5024 is an extra-dimensional infavorous entity which targets members of the uh, thaumaturgical community. Uh, I've heard that word before, and I don't remember what it means. Due to being located outside of the standard existential paradigm, uh, 5024 can only be accessed specifically uh, through the Rosen uh, Fortune Bridges. There's a footnote that says referred to by those who frequent them as ways. Uh, that it specifically hijacks. Ordinarily, these Rosen Fortune bridges transport the user to a range of different locations following the execution of a certain set of actions, but once a hijacked bridge is activated, the user is taken immediately to the interior of 5024. No pattern has yet been discerned as to which bridges are hijacked or at any given time, and the length of time a bridge is hijacked seems to be similar, similarly random. Physically, uh, 5024 is an abandoned building of uncertain size, primarily composed of stone and wood. The interior of 5024 superficially resembles an enormous library. However, all shelves present are empty, and any books recovered have been found to be full of blank pages. No exterior to the building has yet to, has yet been identified, as all windows present uh, have only shown a black void outside, even, uh, even when other parts of 5024 should logically be visible. 5024 cannot be exited using the bridge that the victim took to get there, but other methods of instantaneous transportation have proven effective. Extended exposure to the interior of 5024 will, will result in gradual informative digestion. That's pretty cool. This will uh, begin with the loss of surface details, such as the name of the victim and recent memories, but gradually progress until it is possible for the victim to be identified as, as extant by others or themselves. Uh, footnote 2 says it is presumed that this is followed by death from thirst or starvation as the victim no longer possesses the knowledge necessary to eat or drink. However, this cannot be confirmed. While ordinarily information lost as a result of this process will only affect the direct victim, this is not the case if said victim either possesses or is a primary source for another piece of information of greater nutritional value. Footnote 3, uh, C.A.A. Guilford's In the Belly of the Thought Eater for more information. In these cases, 5024 will use the victim as a direct link to said piece of information, which is erased from all records following consumption, including human memory. Note that while all records of information consumed in this way are erased, other forms of, of evidence will still remain, confirming that no actual changes to prior events take place. As the nature of 5024 means that uh, it exclusively targets the users of Rose and Fortune Bridges, the Foundation was unaware of its existence until members of the Serpent's Hand reached out and provided documentation of its existence alongside a request for assistance. Uh, to the right of that last paragraph, there is a picture of uh, a guy. He's a little bit bald, uh, but still has some hair on the top of his head with his fancy little comb over. He's got a bow tie that looks like he was made out of a regular tie. Uh, it's... Um, the caption is believed to be a photograph of Charles Dupius taken in 1875. I'm going to take a little slurp, so enjoy this ASMR. Get my, I gotta get my juices flowing, you know. Alright, addendum 502-4-1. Uh, 
uh, archived documentation. The following is an excerpt from a letter believed to have been sent by the original cr creator of 5024, French occultist Charles Depoy, to an as-of-yet unidentified individual. It is believed that, at some point, all information pertaining to Charles Dupius was consumed by 5024. However, the records sent to the Foundation survived due to their storage in an anti-dimensional archive. Uh, footnote 4, see file on poll-1832, uh, quote-unquote, worldmaker Yosef. So this is a, a little letter. My comrade in the pursuit my comrade in the pursuit of truth. I found myself agreeing with you more and more when I watched the masses mill about the Wanderer's Library. It is a true shame that uh, is a true shame what that den of learning has fallen to. When knowledge is put into the hands of those unqualified to properly use it, what can it yield but disaster? It is troubling in the extreme. With this in mind, and with your suggestions in our last meeting, I've been I've been thinking about how I can best help the cause on. It cannot be helped now that the library is abandoned. The well of knowledge there is poisoned by unworthy hands. But, as a schematic, the value of that place cannot be denied. The Wanderer's Library is, of course, now worthless, but must another library be the same? Surely, if we but craft a similar space, set it to stock its shell by its own will, we could achieve a resource of equal worth, but in a short time. I have set upon the preparations already. When next we meet, I would appreciate your thoughts on the matter. Charles Dupuy. Additional resources sent by JOI, the Serpent's Hand, I'm just going to refer to it by then, by, uh, for now. But I, you know what I mean, and I don't think any of those words said what I meant, but you know what I mean. Uh, included numerous psalmaturgical blueprints for the creation of a self-maintaining extra-dimensional space, as well as a list of previously hijacked Rosen Fortune bridges. Upon analysis of the information and a consensus among command staff that the continued existence of SCP-5024 posed an unacceptable threat to historical consistency, the, or the order to neutralize 5024 was approved. In order to receive more intelligence to expedite this task, cooperation with the members of the Serpent's Hand, uh, who had sent the information, was approved. Due to their existing familiarity with the occult community and prior experience with thaumaturgical threats, this mission was assigned to Mobile Task Force Sampai 6 Imaginary Numbers. Addendum 2, the Negotiation Log. On, uh, March, on March 2nd, 2020, uh, in order to share information and negotiate cooperation, members of MTF Sampai 6 met with members of uh, the Serpent's Hand at the ECAP uh, at the ECAPT e Ald Efek in Rome, a space adjacent to the uh, some other Italian word, I'm assuming. Um, so the attending individuals uh, for MTF Sampai are uh, Sampai 61, Michael Flamia. He's commander of MTF Sampai 6 with prior experience with a range of occultist groups due to activities during youth. <laughs> okay. Sampai 6 uh, 2, which is Sarah Locke, expert in transportation techniques from a range of thaumaturgical disciplines, primarily, respons primarily responsible for extracting Sampai 6 from a location when the need arises. Dash 3, which is Abiola Buell, trained in primarily, primarily offensive thaumaturgy, including Pythagorean disassembly and a number of Gygax derived attack techniques, responsible for neutralization of threats not vulnerable to conventional combat. And then uh, Dash 4, Tyra J Jansen. Trained in a range of divination techniques, including geomancy, hydromancy, aromancy, chiromancy, and spatulomancy, responsible for reconnaissance in the field. Uh, attending individuals for the Serpent's Hand, uh, they have, like, persons, okay, persons of interest, 2232, uh, quote-unquote Jack, reality-bending entity of unknown capabilities, one under various names for a number of petty criminal crimes worldwide, inconsistent appearance, generally appears as a young male with bright red hair. Uh, the Bride who is believed to be an interdimensional traveler. Although outwardly human, it is believed her psychology and inner biology are significantly different. 
uh, Red832, one of many replica homunculi from uh, Person of Interest 299 Red, upon creation was assigned to mastery of, of Athenian combat pyromancy. They are bald, red-skinned, uh, humanoid. And then Joe Smith, <laughs> amateur thaumaturgist who is believed to have initially wandered through a Rosen Fortune bridge by accident. Intelligence suggests that they are employed as a mathematics teacher and are a father of two. Middle-aged man with glasses and a mustache. Uh, so this is a uh, negotiation log, as I mentioned before. Okay. Um, I'm not going to read the individual names because it's going to get pretty confusing and take a lot more time within that. So I'll just read what happens after I take another sip. So begin log. All parties present take their seats. It's a nice place you have here. Isn't it just? Latin does her work well. I imagine you don't have to wait in line here either. <laughs> that is a benefit, yes. It's too bad we won't be able to come here anymore. And why's that? Because we're once we're done here, you jailers, addendum 5, derogatory term for foundation personnel, will descend on this place like vultures. The bride, unintelligible. Well, maybe not in so many words, but that is a concern. There's a pause. Boy, this is some good coffee. Pause. I understand. Locke? Right. <clears throat> Uh, in exchange for your cooperation in this matter, the Foundation is willing to offer further, further leniency to venues like this, where normalcy is not impacted. Are you reading that off of something? I'm not. No. She just has it memorized. I was reading it to herself the whole way here. <laughs> A little bit of professionalism, please, if it isn't too difficulty. Ugh, leniency. That's, uh, that's a tricksy word. I should know. I use them a lot. Exactly how, uh, how lenient are you going to be? We won't interfere at all unless the public starts to notice you. How generous. Unintelligible. Yes, yes, I'll ask. I'm afraid quite a few members of our little... Well, I can't really call it an organization. Are in your custody. I don't suppose they could walk free? That would depend on who you're talking about. Neo Odin? Absolutely not. Yeah, I didn't think so. I hate the guy anyway. Which one is he? The robot. Oh. Oh. I didn't like him either. He was a real bad apple. If we could get back on topic, due to your familiarity with 5024, Jack sits up and points at Locke. Ooh, ooh, did you hear that? They've given it a number that's so official. The bride, unintelligible. Jack sits back down. <clears throat> uh, please continue. Due to your familiarity with 5024, the Foundation would like to enlist your cooperation in a joint mission to enter the anomaly in question and neutralize it. How? Oh, we've, we've got a way. Don't you worry. Hmm. Which is? You'll have to access to that, you'll have access to that information once we have you on board. Security reasons. Before we agree, I have a question. Of course. We're technically Foundation employees for a little bit, if we agree to this, right? Do we get a uh, code name? What's our code name going to be? That's a yes, by the way. End log. Addendum 3, the neutralization log. The following is a record of the actions taken by MTF Sampai 6, imaginary numbers, and members of GOI, the, the fucking, the serpent's hand, on, um, February, okay. Oh, I read the date wrong earlier, uh, when the, I did the thing because it was, yeah, okay. American versus not American. Alright, so, what, whatever I said earlier, switch those numbers. Um, members of, uh, serpent's hand on February 27th, 2020. This one's right, because it says 2702. It, yeah, that's just a thing to keep in mind. It's not a huge thing, but it is. Um, 
In order to neutralize 5024, upon an initial entry into 5024, the group was equipped with the following assets. Layered informative defenses. They were created by the conversion of a significant amount of junk data, such as duplicate maintenance record and minutes of non-vital meetings, into a conceptual barrier surrounding each member of MTF Sampai 6. Similar defenses were created for the members of GOI. Uh, fucking the serpent's hand. I, I start reading it every time, and then I, you know... These were constructed on the premise that 5024 would have to digest the massive amount of junk data before it could begin directly consuming information related to the individuals themselves. Ten pre-written disassembly theorems capable of reducing a human-sized threat to atoms. As these require understanding of the mathematics principle involved to use, these were put into possession of MTF Sampai 6-3. Eight magic word squares designed according to the abramelinal. Discipline inscribed with terms allowed for instantaneous transportation out of 5024. One magic word square was placed in the possession of each member of MTF Sampai 6 and the individuals from the serpent's hand. Materials allowing on site divination from MTF Sampai 64, uh, divination prior to the mission indicated an acceptable chance of success. Finally, a sealed container holding a toxic prose, toxic phrase, excuse me, uh, created through precision through precise manipulation of existing terms. Consumption of the toxic phrase by 524 would result in a negative reaction that would de- destabilize it and cause its metaphysical collapse. Entry into 524 was performed through application of Morris dancing at the entrance of the Rosen Fortune Bridge. Uh, so this is the beginning of the log, and this is basically what's going to take up um, the majority of the rest of the, uh, the entry. I'm going to take another sip, get a little hydrated. Stay hydrated, kids. Drink fucking water. God. Yeah. Uh, begin log. All individuals present are transported to a large room in 5024. The room represents the main hall of a library, save for the lock of any of any books on the shelves. The only source of light, excuse my leg, uh, is from limbs present on each of the four large tables in the room. Jack takes a step into the room, swinging his arms and laughing. I have to say, you guys have got some moves. Sound off. Roger, sir. Roger. Mm-hmm. Uh, should, should I be doing that? If you want to, I suppose. Hey, by the way, anytime I say unintelligible at this point, it's from the bride. So just the bride, unintelligible. Mobile Task Force Sampai 6 fan out throughout the room, pointing their weapons in front of them. Jack? Yes, my liege. We need to apply the toxic phrase right at the heart of this thing to make sure it circulates. The information it's eating from our defenses, can you tell where it's going? Well, I'm a uh, man of stories myself, so it shouldn't be too difficult. He looks his finger and holds it up into the air. Hmm... That away. He points out into an adjoining hallway. Right. <clears throat> Move in. Excuse me. <laughs> the group moves into the hallway, with Flamia and Locke at the front and Buell and Jansen at the back. The members of the Serpent's Hand march between them. This place is really so very interesting. Invisible roots supping, sucking up the information, dragging it, kicking and screaming through hallways like veins, which, of course, implies the existence of a heart. I'm having a really good time, you guys. Um, yeah. Uh, Jack? Yes, my erstwhile comrade. I'm just thinking, uh, how much how much good am I going to do here? I mean, I have to pick up my kids by three, so... Locke turns to look at them. We were told you were combat ready. That he is, that he is. Don't you worry your little heads. Quietly, to Joe Smith. It's fine, don't worry about it. I'll see it right, bud. Jack suddenly stops. Something's coming. The group suddenly stops, and the members of MTS sent by six aim their weapons in the direction Jack is looking. Around the corner, some, something can be heard dragging itself across the floor. This place was empty every other time we got somebody in. Every single time. You weren't trying to kill it every other time. 
A mishapen, wet hand appears from around the corner, and the owner of the hand uses it to drag itself into the view. The technical specifications of the Model M Forge shamble around the corner, <laughs> clicking and gurgling. It reaches out with his other hand. Mule, rubbing eyes. What the hell am I looking at? Ready? Yeah, right. I don't read the names anymore. Lumps of loose information. This place is smashing them together and sending them after us. You're looking at the enemy, Buell. Eyes straight. So just like a car with wet hands. That's dragging itself, I guess? It said the Model M Ford. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Alright, whatever, dude. The technical specifications of the Model M Ford leaps at the group, screaming. Okay, it can scream. All members of MTS stand by six fire upon the specifications, and they fall down to the ground, leaking a dark green liquid. I don't think this will be as simple as you expected it to be. Murphy's Law, my friend. Murphy's Law. Best to expect this sort of thing. Bullets work, at least. Unintelligible. No, not yet. There are more. Jansen, uh, he looked up, by the way, when he said that. Jansen presses a button on her collar and emits a high-pitched screech. All parties present turn in their direction. On the side of the hallway, she is facing the name, date, and birth... Uh, the name, date of birth and childhood memories of Jacob Holt are changing forward... Are charging forwards. Shivering heavily and laughing. And so I guess that's just words. Like, the name, date, and bird of childhood. Yeah, that, okay, that's so fucking confusing. Fire! <laughs> All members of MTS sent by six fire upon the attackers. But they are considerably more resistant to bullets and take several seconds to go down. At the same time, the wall to the side of them bursts inwards and the executive order of William Henry Harrison begins forcing its massive body through the gap with two of his grasping limbs. Ah, fuck me. Red 832 retrieves a candle from the jacket pocket, lights it, and waves a hand. The flame instantly di disappears from the candle, and the executive order of William Henry Harrison bursts into flame instead, being reduced to ash in the space of in the yeah in the space of a few seconds. A moment later, the candle in Red 832 hands also decomposes into ash. Further enemies, at least ten, are visible entering the hallway beyond the corpses of Jacob Holt's name, date of birth, and childhood memories. Okay, yeah, so it's just straight up like a that is an entity within and of itself. They're going to keep coming so long as we're here. Jack, lead the way. We need to kill this thing and get out of here as soon as, as soon as possible. Roger, roger. Jack begins moving down the opposite end of the hallway, with the rest of the group following after him. Buell and Jansen provide covering fire as the group moves. Steven Spielberg's ET2, Nocturnal Fears, charges down the hallway towards Jack on two massive arms, roaring. Jack spits out what appears to be a seed of some description and drops it onto the ground. Immediately, a plant of considerable size bursts out of the ground, and his vine converge around E.T. 2, gripping and crushing it. It falls to the ground, dead. Classic of music and the seventh universe of the prophet Hilarius Hilarius burst out from E.T. 2's corpse. The seventh universe of the prophet Hilarius is easily dispatched via gunfire, but classic of music is covered in armored plates, which make it considerably more durable. Flamia, shouting, lock! Switch with Buell. Locke does so. As Buell moves up, he retrieves the theorem from his pack and begins reading it from as, as and begins reading from it as a classic of music charges forward, raising its scythe-like arms. As Buell completes the theorem, classic of music pauses, and a second later is reduced to a fine mist. How long is this goddamn hallway? Jason Jansen nods. Ah, oh, jeez, I don't feel so good. Everyone just cover me for a second. As Locke begins setting up a holographic thaumaturgical circle, the group cover her. As Jack dispatches Love's Labors One with an axe which has suddenly appeared in his hands, a tendril resembling an eel lashes out from beneath a bride's veil and rips off one of the heads of the magic harp. 
A moment later, the circle appears around the group and a corresponding barrier is erected around its border. The various entities are unable to breach it and beat against it with their limbs. Forwards or backwards? Forwards. Nothing has changed. I just really want to take a moment and let everyone know how much I'm enjoying myself. Are you enjoying yourself too? Joe Smith vomits. <laughs> Locke places her hand in the center of the circle in the area the barrier covers, including the section of the floor they are standing on, begins surging, down the, begins surging down the hallway at extremely high speeds. Within the space of a few seconds, the barrier becomes opaque as a result of splatter fluids from the numerous entities it is colliding with. Two more seconds, the movement stops, and a second later, the barrier disappears. The gathering fluid collapses onto the group. All present members of MTF Sampai 6 wipe their visors clean. Numerous tendrils emerge from the bride's veil and leak the fluid off of her clothing. Vomits again. <laughs> That's foul. Mm. It was that or dying. Eyes up. The group are now in a large chamber with numerous other hallways, terminating at various openings in the walls and ceiling. The room is lined with empty shelves, and strings of light are visible flowing from the sh shelves to an object hovering in the middle of the room. Uh, gotta take a sip, my bad. Gotta, you know. You know. Just, you know. Jack, quietly. The information is clear here. Strawberry flavored. The object in the center of the room resembles a massive human heart composed of wood and stone, with the impressions of constantly changing words running along its surface. As the strings of lights enter through enter the object through numerous holes along its surface, a loud chewing sound can be heard. There's our target. I feel like you can hear my dad in the background, but I'm not entirely sure. I think he's yelling at someone. Um, if you can, I apologize. <laughs> if not, then I guess you have just that information now. Um, uh, the object, did I already read that? I don't think I did. The object in the center of the room resembles a massive human heart composed of wood and stone. Maybe I did. I'm going to keep reading it. Uh, that, I definitely did read it. Okay, there's our target. Theron boss, bigger than a human buell, not our first resort, at the very least. See if the toxic phrase works first. The group steps towards the heart, which flails and screams in a deep human voice. The boiling point of lemonade is 100 degrees Celsius. The House of Hasburg is believed that by the public to have died out in the 18th century. Walt Disney was born on the 5th of December, 1901. That was the heart speaking. <laughs> a gap opens in the ceiling in the location of the lost army of Cambyses begins pouring through the hole, snarling with its multitude of heads and mouths. It lashes out with a tentacle and tears off the bride's left arm. She does not visibly react, save for a slight rustling beneath her veil. Heart. Uh, I think that's, yeah, I, I, I. The group fires on the location of the lost ar army of Cambyses as it fully enters the chamber using one of its finely pointed limbs. Red 832 assaults it with several bursts of flame, blue flame using its candles, but the fires go out shortly after making contact with the enemy. In addition, Jack creates another plant in an attempt to force the enemy back into the hole, but it is of insufficient durability and is torn apart by the location's advance. I, 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 my kingdom, my home, my brain... We need to extract, sir. We're not equipped for this. Armored plating begins to cover the location of the lost, lost army of Cambyses' hide, rendering gunfire in ineffectual. It roars. Jack turns to, to Joe Smith. Joseph, I would absolutely love it if you'd show me that party trick again. Well, uh, geez, are you sure this is the time, bud? Jack bows theatrically. Absolutely. Take it away, my friend. As the enemy full, fully enters the chamber, it falls down to the ground and takes a defensive position in front of the heart. Joe Smith takes a step forward, retrieving a comfortable piece of paper from his pocket and smoothing it over. Now, uh, if I remember the words right, I'm supposed to say, the enemy lunges forward at him. Rix Mianeth. There's a footnote that said, uh, Confirm Solomon class summoning incantation. So, Rix Mianeth. A bright red light engulfs the chamber and the location of the lost army is sent flying backwards into the wall, where it collapses into a quivering mass. 
an entity which is simultaneously a swarm of human-faced locusts and a fully nude, headless human male of abnormal size. Another footnote uh, that says, Due to the simultaneous nature of the entity, personnel transcribing this part of the rec recording have reported high amounts of nausea. Uh, so that's fun. It's standing in front of Joe Smith. A moment later, it charges towards the mouth on the other side of the room and begins physically tearing it apart with its jaws and, and or hands. The chamber, as well as the extra-dimensional space, are collapsing as chunks of wood and stone fall from the ceiling and the floor breaks apart, revealing a black void beneath. Uh, okay, my bad. Uh, still my bad. Wait, where the fuck was I? There I was. The heart screams loudly, shifting... The heart screams loudly, shifting in appearance to resemble the face of Charles Dupoy. It gnashes his teeth and flails wildly as the chamber continues to collapse. Mine! 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 It's over! We're extracting! Red 832. No, this place will just reform if we leave it. We need to finish the job. <sighs> you lot extract. I'll finish the job here. Uh, well, forgive me if I'm out of turn, which I usually am. <laughs> but it uh, seems that as a denizen in the library, it'd be good form for me to finish this piece of library business, eh? I see where you're coming from, friend, but the garden is the serpent's place. Ah, thought I recognized you. Good luck to you, then. All members of MTF Sampai 6, save for Flamia, who was the one that said they would stay behind, and all members of the Serpent's Hand evacuate through use of magic word squares. Jansen lingers for a moment prior to evacuating. My kingdom, my brain, my will, mine. The sealed container in hand, Flamia runs towards the heart, dodging out of the way of numerous chunks of rock and informative entities that fall from above. Mine. He rolls out of the way of a strike from the heart's tongue and leaps towards a crawling hole in the floor. Reaching the other side, he grabs onto the heart by the eyelid with one hand, with the, while the other holds the sealed container. The heart screeches in pain. Thieves, commoners, parasites. Flamia says, Oi! The heart pauses ranting, and pupils shift to, to stare directly at Flamia. The sealed container opens. Flamia, data expunged. Dickhead. Video lost. That is the end of the log. The destruction of the SCP-5024 extra-dimensional space was confirmed immediately after, after the con as the consequences of exiting outside a specific universe are variable and inconsistent. Michael Flamia has been declared missing in action, pending confirmation of his status. Addendum 4, further exchange with the Serpent's Hand. Although the members of the Serpent's Hand left the area with haste shortly after following their emergence from SCP-5024, the Foundation received further communication from them a week later in the form of several objects that appeared within Site-22. These objects consisted of a coiled-together eel, which regenerates any physical damage within the span of several seconds, tentatively de designated SCP-redacted, a candle, which, when lit, does not go out without direct interference on the part of... Wait. A candle, which, when lit, does not go out without direct interference on the part of the one who lit it, tentatively design designated SCP-redacted, a... <laughs> A small, spider-like creature which cures any physical condition affecting the bowels within its range, tentative, tentatively designated SCP-redacted, and a genetically normal dairy cow. They were accompanied by the following note. We really do appreciate everything you've done, but some of our comrades don't seem to look on our little quote-unquote alliance so happily, so it's best we don't meet face-to-face -face again. Still, we had fun. Don't worry, though. We'll find your boy. Jay. Attempts to trace the current location of person of interest 2232 Jack and his subordinates have proven unsuccessful. Uh, and that's the end of it. That's the, um, that was, uh, what the fuck was it called? The, the Wandering Library. Um, we have time, I think, for another smaller one. Um, so I'm gonna, uh, make Soren edit this, because he has to. Um, <laughs> and, uh, just kind of sit in silence for a couple, 
uh, seconds while I find another one. So, insert... Is it Jeopardy music, I think? I feel like you could hear my neck crack there, too, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah, insert Jeopardy music here. Okay, so, uh, I found, um, one called Schrodinger's Man, which is, like, a couple down from, uh, it's actually three after The Wandering Library, so that'll be the other one that we read, we read for today. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, also, one thing I forgot to mention, no, I didn't. I'm thinking of something else. Ignore me. Um, so, Schrodinger's Man, uh, 5027, um, Level 3 is Confidential. The containment class is Euclid. The description class is Connect with a, uh, I guess, level 3 with the I. And then risk class is Danger. Level 4 with this like, little wind thing. I guess this is a new graphic stuff that is on the, the more updated versions of the site. Um, so Special Containment Procedures. Uh, 5027 is contained with a high, within a high-security humanoid containment chamber at Site-64. The chamber is isolated from adjoining containment cells and utility lines on Site-64 to prevent the spread of 5027's effects. Two Scranton Reality Anchors, uh, SRA, which is a link. If I click that to SCP-3001, I don't know what that is. I don't know what the name of it is, but it links to that. Um, I'm assuming it's probably what the SRA is. Would, that would make sense. I don't know why I didn't put that together beforehand, but it, it probably is. Are installed below the chamber. <laughs> if one or more of the SRAs fail, prepare or, or... Wait. Fall. No, that does say fail. If one or more of the SRAs fail, repair or replacement of the device is designated as the level 5 priority in Site-64 is to enter lockdown until containment procedures have been reestablished. Personnel are not permitted to enter a 5027's containment procedure containment chamber at any time. Direct physical contact with 5027 is strictly forbidden. Requests by 5027 are to be sent to Dr. Williams for processing. Um, to the right, there is a picture. Uh, it's mostly white. Uh, there is um, a guy uh, looking at two, just looking forward. It's uh, his right profile view. Um, looks like there are trees or something that is um, like superimposed onto it, which is pretty cool. Uh, Oh, that's my math alarm. God, that scared the fuck out of me. Um, okay. Oh, my. I forgot that I had to do that. All right, give me an additional moment to do my math attendance. More Jeopardy music here. Uh, I'm actually going to pause this because I don't just have to do attendance. I have to join a call. M more uh, Jeopardy music and more intense Jeopardy music, I think. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm back. God, I completely forgot about that. My bad, y'all. Um, I think I was talking about the um, the picture. Probably. Um, okay, so picture, white dude, got some trees on him. Uh, on his face. Uh, it says, image is to the digitally enhanced for the best visual representation of uh, the living subject. The description, 5027 is a male Caucasian humanoid. Footnote 1, further details such as his weight, height, uh, cannot be accurately determined due to 5027's anomalous effects. Who claimed to be a 27-year-old man, individual named, uh, quote-unquote, redacted, residing in Bayard, Scott, oh my god, Saskat, Saskatchewan. 
Saskatchewan. Scans in the public database revealed that Redacted was officially declared deceased after a head-on collision with an intoxicated driver on May uh, 17, 1997. Um, 5027 is in a permanent state of quantum superposition, uh, footnote 2, which says, as a result, 5027 appears to be both alive and dead simultaneously. Contrary to current theories of quantum superposition, 5027 does not settle into any of its states when observed. 5027 claims to have no memory of how it obtained its anomalous properties. Research is ongoing to determine the cause of this. 5027 appears in two positions simultaneously, where its living state is standing upright while its lower limbs are phased into, into its deceased state, which lies on the floor. Observers report decomposed tissue in 5027's body phasing into its, hel un in, yeah, into its healthy counterpart. After prolonged observations of 5027, observers often experience confusion, aggravation, and mild headaches. Footnote 3, this is a result of human perception limits, not anomalous effects. When 5027 makes direct contact with objects or living organisms, they will enter a permanent state of a quantum superposition. 5027's effect does not affect any inert elements such as soil, rock, or wood. Uh, footnote 4, these elements remain unaffected by 5027 unless they have undergone a physical or chemical process that leaves a product with two or more possible, possible states. Affected inanimate objects are able to transmit 5027's effect to other objects and life forms through direct physical contact. Affected life forms, however, are unable to transmit 5027's effect further and will remain in a state of quantum superposition, expiring after an hour has elapsed. Activating an, an SRA near an, an affected animate object will nullify all anomalous effects. God, this has a lot of fucking footnotes. Which state that <laughs> footnote five, which state that object comes to rest and it's random and, un, and uncontrolled, as long as it remains within the object's surroundings. If the SRA is deactivated or removed from the area, five two sevens. Um, effect remanifests in said object. For unknown reasons, all, ani all animate life forms affected by 5027 remain in their state of quantum superposition in the vicinity of an SRA. Footnote 6, unaffected life forms in the presence of an SRA remain able to become affected by 5027. Uh, then there's uh, figure 1, uh, D-1034, um, shortly after making direct contact with 5027. The photo, this, the photo was taken prior to subject resting in its deceased state. So, discovering containment, on uh, September 14th, 1998, several news reports arose from the town of Birch River. Uh, I'll explain a little bit more on that picture in a moment. Uh, until then, I'll keep reading. Uh, Birch River, Skask... Uh, I'm just gonna call it Sassy Town. A Birch, Ridger, Bir Birch River Sassy Town, with eyewitness statements testifying in an abnormal sighting of multiple intact infrastructures phasing into collapsed debris below. Due to the media's poor understanding of such anomalies, foundation intervention was able to be kept minimal. Uh, footnote 7, several similar isolated anomalies were previously discovered and contained by the Foundation in late 1998 and early 1999, though at the time they were not attributed to 5027. Foundation agents were dispatched from Re Regina Sassy Town to implement necessary measures for information suppression and falsification, as well as the initiation of a covert operation to investigate the cause behind the event. During the missions, two agents init initiated direct physical contact with affected infrastructures, resulting in their eventual expiration. At this time, it, that's terrifying that they consider or they they refer to that as expiration, but whatever. Just personal thought. <laughs> At this time, five hundred two seven approached the unaffected agents and warned them of its effect. Five hundred two seven's body language exhibited signs of emotional distress and confusion, though it made no explicit acts of hostility towards the agents, suspecting reality. 
disturbances as a possible cause for the event, Dr. Hart of Hume Research was contacted. The use of an SRA to reverse all anomalous activity in the town was suggested. As such, an MTF unit was dispatched from the nearby Site-31 to the area with two portable SRAs, while Foundation agents directed traffic away from the town and maintained visual contact with 5027. After the uh, installation of the SRAs uh, to reverse the effects, all civilians in the town were anesthetized and all news reports were amended as a part of the information campaign. During the transfer of F5027 to Site-31, one MTF member initiated direct physical contact with uh, 5027. On-site guards misinterpreted this as an act of uh, hostility by 5027 and threatened it before the MTF unit was able to intervene. 5027 subsequently entered a manic state and refused to comply with instructions. Dr. Frat, Dr. Prash, a researcher in Site-31, has volunteered to be assigned to 5027. So that picture, um, there's like a person uh, that's like also flipped upside down. Um, I'm assuming that's like the, the dead part of it. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, it's like split into a couple of different things. Okay, so because I'm stupid, uh, I didn't realize that this was a lot longer than it actually is. Or that, I don't know if I said that right. This is a lot longer than I thought it was. Um, I'm not going to be reading uh, all of it. That was the main um, part of the article. Um, at the bottom, there are uh, five drop-downs. There's 5027 intake interview. There's the city of Bayard incident log. There's 5027 incident log. There's 5027 post-incident interview. And there's a 5027 therapy log. Um, I'm not going to read those, uh, because I'm trying to keep this under an hour, um, just because it's usually what we try to go for. Um, so if you would like to, um, do those at some point on your own time, please feel free to do so, um, up until that point. I'm sure, I'm sure that I'm probably missing, like, a huge part of the lore of the thing, um, but I, I'm lazy, and I don't really want to do it, um, so you can choose to discover that for yourself, uh, if you, if you don't, want to then my basic rundown of this is it's like a half alive half not alive dude that like makes things also like that when they experience him or things that it touched um so that's cool uh just a, a recap as well uh, we also read the wandering library um that was also a thing it's like a library that wanders which you already know but you know um Got a bunch of, like, various information in it, but also no information in it at all. And a heart that specifically knows the, the birthday of Walt Disney, because why would you not? Um, my dad is still laughing in the background, and he sounds like a cackling hyena. Uh, I'm kind of done with his shit. So, <laughs> I'm going to end the episode here. Um, thank you for listening. Hopefully next week, this will be a little bit more normal. Um, or, I guess not next week, next next week. Um, hopefully by then we will have had time to actually record together. Soren's stuff will have fixed itself and all the usual fun things. Um, so until then, um, this is, this is me, this is Dave signing off. We'll see you guys in the next one. Um, I don't have anything else to add. So that's, that's it from us. Good, goodbye. Mwah. That's it for me, not us. That's it for me. Okay. Mwah.